Hey y'all, welcome back to the Mad Music Podcast. This is your girl Michaela with my lovely co-host Ama and Dami. Hey y'all. Y'all, we have a very special guest today. If you guys can't see, well, if you're listening, you'll you'll hear his his tones, but I have to throw this alley up this to the, I have to alley up this to his to his wife. Wife, wifey, you wanna introduce our guest? Oh, this is so weird. Oh, yes. Coming to you live from the other room. Um, we have today joining us uh Cameron, my husband. Welcome to the podcast, Cameron. For having me, ladies. <laughs> I'll be usually uh winding down at this time of night, but instead tonight it's time to turn up. Okay. Mm. He's in the room to turn yes. up. That's right. Thank you so much for joining us, Cameron. We appreciate yes. you. No, my um, pleasure. Yes. As the, as the guest, you will get quizzed. No, I was kidding. But we like to ask everybody <laughs> who gets on here, what's your favorite like musical genre? What's your musical taste? What do you like to listen to? Okay. Um, I like, kind of have like a, an eclectic um, like fandom of music. I really really enjoy music love music i i don't i don't know i probably would rather be blind than than deaf um but like as far as the music wow. i like i like rap music i like rock um a lot of soul music um jazz of course um of course of course um all, all just all, all kinds of music I, okay, I feel that. I'm a I'm a every type of genre type of person as well, so I could dig that. Yeah, um, probably the only things I don't really vibe with is probably like like metal, like hard hardcore metal. And I don't think uh, you would like it. Some some I do, <laughs> but sometimes I go a little a little too too much into the the metalness. But and I <laughs> so you know, I don't listen to too much like um classical music and uh but but other than that yeah pretty much like everything okay feel you uh you cool. do you have a favorite artist favorite go-to artist we know mm. for example aretha is Amma's favorite who's your Why favorite artist <laughs> i mean it's your husband so it's hard to you're gonna be brought a, up a lot hard to pick a favorite you know i i i guess it's just more like um different times in my life i've liked uh different different artists like um okay like when i was really really young and we could only like listen to the radio i uh -huh. think i was a i think my first album first cd I, I bought i'm a little embarrassed to say this was probably uh the britney spears debut oh. album oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, ain't embarrassing about that wait so right. you like is is britney bitch you liked our, our is britney bitch episode right yeah yeah but i mean that my <laughs> And I know you guys talk about Britney and her, the knife, the knife dance, and all that stuff. Oh, but, um, the knife. And the knife. but I wouldn't say that she's like one of my favorite artists. But definitely, when I was younger, I listened to her. But then, like you know, I really like Bob Marley. I really like Tupac. Mm -hmm. um, I like um, this band called Bright Eyes a lot. I like Bob Dylan, mm -hmm. um, and I like a lot of the uh, the UK artists too. The UK rap artists, including Wiley. And uh, uh, Miles Davis. Mm. Uh, who's, nice, who's your top? Nice. Who's your top top? Like your go to? It's hard. It's hard to say. 
Damn. I was thinking the other the hmm. other day though that if I could have like one album, if I stranded on a desert island and had one album, it would probably be this album by Alice Coltrane. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if I'm saying it right, but I know. I don't think she's one of my favorite artists either, but I really, really, really love that album. Yeah. Nice. Nice. There you go. He's really into jazz. Yes. Um <laughs> Let me take notes. What, <laughs> why do you why do you like music? That's another question that we always like to ask as well. Right. What draws so, you into music? It's just the the kind of like the immediate response that you get, like the emotional response you get and how it can really like take you back to the, the time when you first heard the song or maybe when you were like really um, emotionally like attached to the to the song. So I, I think I really like that and just the way that it, it makes you feel and um the way it brings brings you to like another state of mind. Hmm. Yep. I could feel that. I dig that. Exactly. Yes. And, obvi- and obviously I like the performance of music mm-hmm. as well, too. Of course. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Oh, we know that. So <laughs> one, one last question. Well, McKellen will be another question, but specific to Cameron, uh, we know that uh, the commas love a good karaoke Not the session. Um, what is your go-to karaoke song? Mm. So for for my birthday, we had um, a little karaoke night, a little couple of like several hours of karaoke, and I found <laughs> that I'm pretty good at doing Rod Wave, um, "Fight the Feeling." Man, okay. I I can crush that song. So I think that's gonna be my new uh, you lost my new, me. like go-to karaoke song for show. Wow. Okay. That's mm-hmm. a solo, huh? <laughs> <laughs> do what? What's your favorite duet to do together? I'm real. Oh. <laughs> uh, J Lo and uh, Ja Rule. That's what, yeah. That's, we've been singing that song since we first met. Mm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Very, very lovely. Maybe some, some mm-hmm. Mariah Carey. Okay. Uh, okay. Right, can't hurt. Okay, but I'm real is the is the duet yeah. go to. I said yeah. 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 All right. Now let's go on ahead and get on to the chokehold now that we got familiar with Cameron. Um <laughs> Cameron, again, you're the guest, so you're going first on everything. Uh oh, wow. what is <laughs> you. what is Step your chokehold? Usually ladies first, but uh, I know. Well, I'll go first. Mm, uh my chokehold song. Um, over the last couple, couple weeks has, has been, has really been this Brandy song, Best Friend. Good one, good one. It's, uh, I've been like, we're, replaying it really like looking up the lyrics learning learning about it and you know there's some other artists who who have done songs called best friend i think notably i think it's like missy elliott does one uh, yeah but but this brandy one but you know yeah. I, I really like it i just like like the the lyrics um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the way the song 
sounds and it's just fun and it, it makes you think about people you love and like y'all's y'all are all best friends and so i'm sure y'all can vibe out to it i think it's from her I first told, album i think it's from the yeah. first album too. yeah I told him I think it was it's about, about Ray J. Yeah, it's about him. Yeah, Cameron, you ain't like that. Because she says, I'm, I'm your sister. Yeah. But, uh, yes. Maybe it is. Maybe it is about him. But no, it's, she it's did say it. it, it, it it's not a maybe. <laughs> you don't want to believe it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a maybe. It's a, it's a real thing. It's about him. It's about best friend. But, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't want that stop me from liking the song. No, it's just it. <laughs> Yeah. It's still a good song. Yeah. 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 Yes. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Right. I'm a, you wanna go next? Which who, what's sure. your chokehold? So my chokehold is a song called uh You Send Me by but it's the Kenny G and Michael Bolton version. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was you know it's you send me is originally by Sam Cooke, so he wrote yeah. it, and he sang it, but ha, this version mm-hmm. with Kenny on the saxophone and Michael Bolton with that voice. Listen, I know you send me. Listen, I my mom used to play to that, that one. It's good y'all it's good it's good it's good it's good my mom used to play that kenny g greatest can't go wrong every morning no you sure can he got that voice tell me like listen yeah so yeah that's been that's been having me in a chokehold and matter of fact when i went home my mom was playing that greatest hits album that's how that's how that's how awful girl that's why i love kenny g so much is because of that damn album i heard it every morning going to school but this is my favorite song from the album that's why i love smooth jazz that's how i Became mm-hmm. a very, very big fan of jazz, smooth jazz, because mm-hmm. I used to um, get driven to school to smooth jazz every morning. So, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. all right, Dami, what about you? What's your chokehold? I'm still on my Usher kick. You know, he had a Jake <laughs> weekend with yeah. Super Bowl performance, and we had our Usher episode. If y'all haven't checked it out, go ahead and listen to the last episode. But an episode. I don't think we talked about any of the songs from the Confessions album, and Fitting that is Valentine's week. That's what lovers we, week. No, just one. Yeah, that's just what one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I decided to bring up. Can you handle it? Can you handle it? Can I go there, baby, with you? Uh, we gonna set it off. We gonna tear it up, baby. Can you handle? Which is one of my favorite one. songs from Confessions. And, you know, add it to the Legendary Nice playlist. Play it this it. week if you are it's already on there. your partner. Oh, on. look. Look, look, look. See? Thank you. Thank you for my um, avid followers. Uh, for How are you on there? Yeah, so it will be a good toe code for anyone this week that's uh, participating in Lover's Week. So, yeah, I love that. It's yeah. a good song. That mm-hmm. is a good song. Can't go wrong with that. I can't yeah. handle it. <laughs> yeah sure. yeah so what about you Michaela? i'm mm-hmm. feeling the same way i'm in the 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 mood of trying to get in the mood of being in love and all that good stuff so mm-hmm. um 
I know everybody has their thing about this song, but I love My Boo by Usher and Alicia Keys, and I was so happy to see her perform. All right, that's fine. I don't care. I still love it. So good to me. Still for you, baby. But I love it because it just makes me feel like being with My Boo. I like it. So it's really getting me in the mood, and Valentine's Day is coming up, so love is in the air. Good song, too. So that's my chokehold. There's always that one person that will always have your heart. You never see it coming cause you're blinded from the start. Know that you're that one for me. It's clear for everyone to see. Oh, baby. Um, let us know what you guys have been listening to. Uh, we'll put you on the put on, all that good stuff. Um, and then let's get on to this musical mess. Okay. Mm. Musical mess, I'm just going to keep it light. Okay. Um, okay. Got a lot going on. So keeping it light, keeping it good. We're going to talk about the Super Bowl halftime show. Um, mm. What a good performance that was. I mean, mm-hmm. yes. how fitting that he performed in Las Vegas and he just had his residency there. Yes. I mean, he yes. had Alicia Keys, Jermaine Dupree, Luke mm-hmm. Chris, Lil John, Will I Am, her. The roller rink, the strippers, the club, the furs, the Jordans, everything. I mean, great showmanship on Usher's part. I mean, he's saying called up. You don't have to call superstar. Basically, a lot of the songs that we talked about in our episode. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just like, you know, seeing what some people were saying. Although I don't have a Twitter anymore, I did see that somebody was <laughs> saying, um, we are all Kiki Palmer tonight. And I believe that. I'm just like, that is. Wow. Yeah, that Brianna. Is true. Daddy. Nah, nah, I feel you. I feel you. And I just learned it. So, how did y'all feel about Super Bowl Sunday and Usher's performance? Um, I didn't care about the game. Right. What game? Well, well, that's what I'm saying. It's okay. Usher's performance, yeah. We're not even talking yeah. about that. Yeah, that's your concert. <laughs> oh, it was it was amazing. Like you said, it, there, was, there was just so many hits. And you know that he has so many hits because the hits that he did play, he only gave us like a three, four second snippet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, dang, like, I want, the, I want more. But he literally only had, what, 15 minutes? They even extended it by so, two yeah. minutes. It's usually a 13-minute performance, but amazing show it was just so much going on and he started off with the vegas theme vegas showgirls all the vegas acts and then he ended in the good old a um mm-hmm. and everything about it was beautiful southern they had uh he also had um jackson state university so my baby yeah. his alma mater his band <laughs> shout out to the song boom shout out to my you know <sighs> be mad if i ain't bring that up but the band was in there and the scrippers. McKay and I, we were talking about it last week. Like, I don't know if he got the scrippers on there, but some. Yeah, he sure did. So, I'm so glad he did. He yes. kept the truth to I love it. Mm-hmm. Yes. It, was, it was definitely, it was, for, it was for us. It felt like it was for us, which I appreciate it. I will be honest and say that I, it took me watching it a second time on YouTube to actually appreciate the beginning. Because when I was watching it the first time, I was like, this is chaotic as fuck. What's going on? <laughs> It was. Oh, no, I didn't know where to look. I didn't know where to look. But yeah. when I watched it the second time, I appreciated it. Yeah, I appreciated it a lot more. But it was it was for us. I love the the ode to Marvin Gaye, the ode to Michael Jackson, the ode to James Brown. Mm-hmm. I loved all of that. Like the when he did the like the Marvin dance, I I was like, yes, yes, yes. This is for black folk. 
I mean, it's for everybody, but there were certain things in there where it's like, you got to be like black or in the culture to truly like pick up on some of the things that he was doing. So I really, I really, really enjoyed his performance. He sounded good. He looked good. Um, he just, again, he is Beyonce's only peer. Like they, they are up there by themselves, just the two of them. They know how to put on a great show. He's a great performer. Hmm. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Now, what about you, Cameron? Let's talk about a couple things now. Um, well, I got, I don't know where to start, but I guess I want to just jump to the the shirtless usher at the end. Um, <laughs> you you talking about him not having any other peer group? But I I guess what I guess just what just kind of threw me off about that was it's like Ch- Janet Janet oh, yeah. tried to yeah. um. <laughs> a titty is a titty, us right? A chest action, right? And right. They act <laughs> like was, yeah, the devil, man. Usher gives us both both the chest, both sides of the chest, and it's it's all good. It's just I feel like that's a double standard. Very he much. he yeah. kept talking about that. He was like, he could take a shirt off, but she can't. Like, child. I was like, I know Cameron. It ain't right. It ain't right. Then it take ain't. it back to like the beginning of the performance. What was that shirt at the top? <laughs> and the brooch a shabbat to vegas i was yeah i was kind of like it took me a little while to get into it because i didn't realize at the beginning it was like the sh- the showgirl or vegas showtime mm-hmm. yeah homage so i was just a little thrown off but but you know he did a really really great job i think it's probably Top two performances for the Super Bowl. Wow. Um, oh wow! Who yeah, the, one? the only one that I probably liked better was probably uh, Rihanna's. Uh, that's really like a recent memory. Wow. Yeah, definitely way better than uh, the weekend. Definitely uh, way better than that. Oh, um, uh, What's that? Uh, was that? I don't remember he Ray, was Snoop Dogg, uh, Kendrick, like Eminem. <laughs> it was just. It's very, yeah, no one, like, waiting for them to come back or anything like that. So I think I'll Damn, Cameron. Damn. You talk about critique, okay? They don't play in the house. Okay. They're true critics. He was going in. All I right. Said, Damn. Yeah, I think it's the top performance. I mean, I enjoyed it thoroughly. I had a good time watching him. and Yeah. Uh, he's just, he's so fine. Yeah. yeah so fine. The smile <laughs> and all that stuff. He's... Mm. Good job, good job, good job. Mm. Um, another thing I wanted to mm-hmm. add is Usher got married, y'all. Usher got married on Super Bowl mm. Sunday. Yeah. Um, he married wow. his longtime girlfriend, Jennifer. I can't say her last name. I don't want to butcher it. But he married his longtime, <clears throat> longtime girlfriend in Las Vegas at an outdoor wedding chapel called the Terrace Gazebo. His mom was their witness. It was very small, very intimate. Um, and then they had a private Super Bowl par- after party that followed their wedding. Um, and then, you know, obviously they had their people talking it to the magazines and stuff, but they did say, we can confirm that Usher and Jennifer took the next step in their relationship and Jennifer. did get married on, on Sunday night in Las Vegas, surrounded by close friends and family. Wow. Um, wow. so they already yeah. shared two kids together, which we were bringing up last week as well. Really? Yeah. And, um, mm-hmm. this would actually be Usher's third marriage, if I'm not mistaken. So, but congratulations third, third to Usher. 
Third yeah. time's a charm. I thought he was with that Grace girl. Damn, what's he got with Jennifer? Yeah, they divorced. They divorced. That was the yeah. one they divorced and they just remained friends or whatever because she was like his manager. You know, Usher loves to date mm-hmm. people that are already around him. He's very much into mm-hmm. things because mm-hmm. Tamika was his stylist. Grace mm-hmm. was like his business manager or something like that. And then Jennifer does or was around him too. Like she's an executive, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. too, or something. So mm-hmm. he's like, okay, I got all these fine women around all me. Right. I'm dating them. They're all yeah. like bosses. I, I see you every day, every, anyway. Her, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly like yeah. pretty much what he said. He was like, you know, we're already around each other. So she, I, he's like, I had my best friend around me. So I thought, like, why not just be with her? And so. That's you know, what I, that's what I think about it. Outside of Chile, has Usher ever been publicly public with any other celebrities? Not that I'm aware no. of. Mm-mm. Maybe the yeah, Chile thing was too much. Maybe. I think maybe it was like dating celebrities, but it wasn't serious. If I'm not mistaken, I think he might have dated like Naomi Campbell, but it okay. wasn't like a long-term thing. Mm. It didn't make huh. the blogs. <laughs> <laughs> like, he likes to, it seems like he likes to settle down with people who are, like, low-profile, like, you know, they might be yeah. a part of the industry, but not, like, you know. Not, yeah. Yeah, not famous. Yeah, not famous. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, well, so congratulations. This is a big weekend for you, Usher. I know. Major he ain't tired. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> he seemed like he was in, like, really good shape. You could really tell. Yeah. 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 Hey, y'all, let, let that be, let this be something for y'all young folks to, to pay attention to. Not the Breath control, how to perform. I sound old as fuck right now. That's how y'all perform. You sound like you used to perform. <laughs> right. <laughs> but look at that. He looked at the stamina. I do perform. She said, Let's back in my days. Back in my days. <laughs> During my karaoke performance. Real in a sacrifice. <laughs> Listen, you gotta have, you gotta have breath control for that too. But, like, I don't want to see y'all running out of breath and can't breathe and can't finish a show. Like, Usher is, I don't even know how old Usher is. He must, I, he's in his 40s. 45. He's been in this game a long time. And look at that. He yeah. was moving. He was completely mm-hmm. committed to it. He was singing live. Like, y'all, oh, Lord. And y'all on skates. He was and working was, out. Okay. And on skates. Mm. And, and, and he didn't sound off-key not once. No. Ooh. No. And, and you know what is know also a test to them is like they know what they can do. Like he knows his voice so well that he's like, yes. okay, maybe I have to sing this an octave down, but I'm still going to give you right. voice. Yes. So, That's how that. you know the mic was on. Because you heard like him hitting the mic or like, yeah. I don't yeah, know, you yeah. was hearing things. I'm like, oh, the mic was on. The mic was yeah. on. Hey, but it he was still sounded great. Sounded yeah. good. You were sweating. But yeah, he was sweating the whole time. That's that, that's that James Brown. Sweat. I mean, I would not. Mm-hmm. I would be sweating too, like that. Too. I'm line. running literally the whole field. He blinked. And he was. The, he basically was running was during the whole field. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he had a lot to do. He had to do change. Right. Quick change. Oh, he, he was. Oh, yeah. I would be yeah. sweating too. <laughs> Ain't no fans. Okay, no drone with a fan. That's just that's just sweat. That's yeah. Any yeah. anything else that y'all saw in the in the in the news? I wanted to keep it like, you know, this is love weekend, love days, tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Try not to make it too messy. This this I don't think this is messy at all. I just I just want to sing one note real quick. Okay. Some that's all I want to say. Okay. Thank you. Anything else? No, I don't think I need to say anything else. 
Any thoughts? I think, me? I think everyone looks like he has stuff to, to say. Yeah. Terry, you know? you're the guest. Don't, don't be afraid. Hey, I mean, it could happen to, to anyone and, um, <laughs> especially her, you know, she's a capable singer. So, I mean, it could, it could happen to anyone. Yeah. Capable. Have that little she frog was a little pitchy. Mm, she, she got Maybe she was nervous. Better warm up. Hey, yeah. look. I've never been on that stage, so I don't know. I might be looking like, to get some me behind the stage. Right. That's why you got to do all that stuff behind the stage. Warm yeah. your vocal cords up. Dami, you had something to say? Nah, just like what Alma said earlier. You know, you just you have to practice and rehearse. And, you know, I just feel like this is not the first time we've heard a pitchy performance from that person. Oh no! So just say I don't. Alicia. Just say Alicia Keys. I mean, we, we know what it is, but <laughs> we we know. Just but it just it's it's a little it's getting a little too consistent. So I don't know what the issue is, but you know it is what it is. After that part, like it was nice. The performance of my boo was cute. She looked good. Yeah, she, she was amazing. Good. Look um, good. A lot of chemistry between them too. I said, oh, okay. Well, well, I enjoyed it. Just for the cameras. <laughs> oh god! Nah, I don't think that was just for the cameras. Camera. <laughs> no. You don't think it was just a show? Okay, well, yes, it was just a show, but don't leave your girl around me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that for years. But I mean, I think it's, it kind of comes with the, <laughs> right, and it kind of comes with the territory so? of being uh, in the music business. You got to be, I guess, open to all that, um, you know, people. Yeah, I read. I mean, being a listen, if I was back, damn, if I was I'm back kidding. in the in the sixties, I would have thought Tammy Terrell and Marvin Gaye were together. The way that they would sing to each other, I would have never guessed yeah. that her and David Ruffin were boyfriend and girlfriend. So, yeah. I mean, it is a show. It is like what they have to do as singers. They got to sell the song. So that's true. It's a show to me. Yeah, I mean, yes, it, it is a show. But I do think that Usher is just naturally it, like you charming. know, there's yeah, there's yeah. that there's yeah. That. He always we has been know. since Moesha. Yeah, literally. <laughs> since Moesha. <laughs> like, wow, wow, it works. wow. It works. Yeah. Well, let us know if you guys have any musical mess. We're going to go ahead into this hook because we got a lot to talk about. Yes. Um, speaking of a man with a lot of women, let's talk about Ooh, Bob Marley nice. today. What a way what to a transition. A transition. Right? But you ain't lying. Yeah. Um, Bob Marley, um, one of the, I guess he is the most famous Jamaican reggae singer oh, in sure. the world. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, he was actually born Nesta Robert Marley, and he was born this month, February 6th. Oh. Um, Yep, Nine Mile, Jamaica, or Nine Mile, St. Anne, Par- Anne Parish, Jamaica. Child, um, you're right, child. Somebody said that, yes, somebody said that um, an immigration officer actually told his mother that she should change his name because Nesta sounded too girlish. So mm. his name, mm. and she changed it to Robert Nesta Marley. So Nesta. that's a fun fact about, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't know who mm. was his first name. Um, he began his music career in 1963 with two friends, and they formed a, I believe it's called Ska, Ska, Ska band called the Teenagers, and then they became the Wailing Rue Boys, and then they became the Wailing Wailers, and then they became the Wailers. <laughs> <laughs> um, he did acknowledge, talking about him being with so many women, he did acknowledge that he has about 11 children. Um, he had three with his wife, Rita. 
and eight from mm-hmm. extramarital affairs. So okay, Bob got around. Okay, well, mm-hmm. uh, well hey. Bob. Bob was known, well, not, not known, but he had a lot of different, like, you know, songs of redemption and freedom and, mm-hmm. you know, good songs. But he also mm-hmm. had, like, a, a few, if I'm not mistaken, political assassination attempts on his life. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. One that actually got him shot, they shot him in his chest and his arm. Um, mm-hmm. It seemed, I think it was, like, December 3rd, uh, armed gunmen stormed Marley's Hope Road in a politically motivated assassination attempt. And it shot him in his chest and his arm. And then four others, including Rita, his wife, was shot. And um, thank God there were no fatalities. But his manager actually was very seriously injured. So mm-hmm. that that's is, crazy. That's, yeah, that's very crazy. Yeah. And then in 1977, doctors found a malignant melanoma on his toe, um, which was discovered while he was playing football, a.k.a. soccer. Um Contrary to the urban legend that the injury did not cause the cancer, it wasn't the it wasn't the injury that caused cancer. It was the fact that he had melanoma that caused the injury. Mm. Um, the doctors recommended that he should have his foot amputated, but or toe, excuse me, his toe amputated, but he refused because of religious reasons. And then by the 1980, the cancer spread, um, and then that's how he died. You know, unfortunately, he tried to get like alternative treatment. But um, by the time, like, he was going to get help, it was just, like, basically too late. Mm-hmm. He was going to make his way back to Jamaica. And, unfortunately, he died in Miami on his way there. So, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Yes, he died in Miami um, May 11th, 1981. Mm-hmm. So, that's very sad to, to hear. And he was only 36, but he was yeah. buried in his homeland. Um, they did bring him back home. And he was buried with a football. His Gibson Le Paul guitar and a bud of marijuana. So <laughs> they buried him the right way. Hey, um, hey, what comes to mind when you guys think of Bob Marley? Outside of Jamaica, <laughs> right? Jamaica, <laughs> Jamaica, Jamaica, Jamaica. 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 dreadlocks and splits. Yeah, he might have been like the first. Yeah, Rastafari <laughs> might have been the first like celebrity with locks that I really like. I don't know. Acknowledged, I guess. Yeah, for sure. I see the colors. I see the red, the the yellow, the green, the black. Like I immediately just see the colors. Every time you see his picture somewhere on a shirt or a poster, yeah. freaking MySpace. It was those colors. It was that kind. Right. a big symbol of for Africa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cameron, you said that Bob was one of your favorite artists, correct? Yes, yes, love Bob Marley. I can remember, like, at some point in high school, in middle school, I think, um, like, first being introduced to to him and just, like, um, immediately falling in love with his music, wanting to, like, hear every single song he ever made. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, he made a lot of music and he was just 36 years old, um, but crazy but yeah, yeah no um i think uh it was kind of like love it love at first sight for for me and, and bob and i uh, like his song crafting it's uh sim- simplistic yeah. simple uh, mm-hmm. frequently but it's like timeless yeah a lot of the lyrics and the, the music is timeless and he like freaking invented a new type of music yeah so it's, mm-hmm. there wasn't it's- there wasn't like reggae before bob you know 
I like that you said that his music is simple because when I was going through like some of the lyrics on like some of his songs, I'm like, oh, he really just he says poignant things, but like it's not a lot of things to say. He just mm-hmm. says what he means mm-hmm. and, then he'll just, and then he'll just say yeah. it over and over. Exactly. So mm-hmm. it works. Yeah. So. I but yeah, he does make good music. I, I think I'm the same way with y'all as far as like Bob Marley is concerned. I think I'll, I really just knew like, OK, he's from Jamaica. Um did I really get into his music? No, but it's more like in passing, like the songs that are known are his like most famous songs. Other people have covered or you hear them in movies and stuff like that. And you're just like, oh, that's that's whose song that is. That's Bob Marley. And so as you learn about him, he has such an interesting story to me. Um, So I, I I'm eager to see his movie that's coming out this week, if I'm yeah. not mistaken, on mm-hmm. Friday. So. Yeah. Um, so I'll be excited to actually see that and see like the true Bob Marley or as close to the true Bob Marley as I can <laughs> right. possibly get. I think they have a biopic out there yeah. uh, of him. So I, I might get into that as well. But um, yeah, I I really enjoyed this topic. So thanks for coming on for this topic, Cameron. Um, yes. Y'all want to get into the music? Let's do it. Yes. All right. Sir. Cam- Cameron, you're first. All right, cool. So I guess can't really talk about Bob without talking about the Rastafari, Rastafarianism, Rastafari. Yeah, that really yeah, true, I yeah. think uh, definitely really influences music, influences life a lot. Um, I don't know too much about the religion. I know a few things, though. Um, I guess it's kind of similar to Christianity, but they have a different prophet and... Uh, it's like a way of life, yeah. Way of, way of living, and even um, down to what you eat, if I'm not mistaken. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. And I know that too. Um, you know, they weren't really like in the beginning, or when the, I guess the religion was gaining popularity. It wasn't it wasn't re- well like accepted, mm. and so for Bob to be like a part of the religion was kind of like taking a risk and. In the sense that it was kind of like um, making them a part of like a minority or making them even more like outcast. And I think um, I think that that really like shaped his uh, his music and, um, you know, his, his life in a lot of ways. And I, I know it was big in Jamaica, but I think it's also it's popular in other other nations, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that Haile Selassie was their their prophet. And, um, even like one of, uh, or, you know, Bob wrote songs about Haile Selassie, but also I know the, the song war, um, that was based on one of, uh, Selassie's speeches to the UN. Mm. Um, <laughs> my first song though, that I picked, I picked all the songs that I picked, they're kind of like deep cuts. Okay. Um, Nice songs that maybe not everyone knows about, so that 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 I really, really, really have a great love for. Mm-hmm. The first one I picked, I I'm doing these kind of in chronological order. The first one I picked was Slave Driver. And uh, 
This one's the one I, uh, is, uh, 1973 catch a fire, uh, album. Wow. It seems like so long ago and it's kind of like it early, early in his career too. But actually it's like 10 years into his career. Cause he started in 1963. So very, very young, right. Very, yeah, very young. Yeah, yeah. to like mm-hmm. Lil Wayne or yeah, some yeah. of the other, yeah. Like Michael mm-hmm. Jackson, the some of the other artists that started as just like little little kids, similar mm-hmm. with Bob. And you know, too, Bob grew up in like immense poverty. Mm-hmm. And um Trenchtown. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it was like the whalers, the the name comes from I guess like the yeah, from Trenchtown. And I guess they were like first called like the teenagers, and I think that mm-hmm. someone was like poking fun at them. And saying like where you guys are from, y'all should y'all should be called like the the weepers and wailers because uh, you know people were so mm. impoverished. All you would see is you know people on the street crying, and so that yeah. that's where that that name comes from. And uh, wow, this uh, this record, this album was recorded in Kingston, Jamaica, and this album was one of the first albums that they, you know, the Whalers and Bob actually received money for. That, they were actually paid wow. for. Um, Dang. Uh, catch a fire. I can't do this for 10 years and not receive no money. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, okay. you know how they were ripping Listen, off the artists sponsors. back in the day, especially in the 60s with the, <laughs> the, the musical producers or whatever. They, you know, the money never made it to the, the mm-hmm. people who wrote the actually, music. Actually, we're doing the work. The song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Universal. Mm-hmm. Um, so Slave Driver is also known as catch a fire and it's also the the title to the the album um you know that that's another thing about like bob like i guess it's like the patois or like just like the way that he spoke it was kind of like poetic and you know sometimes a little hard to understand but just the way Mm -hmm. that i guess people express themselves in jamaica is very it seems like very poetic to me and so uh catch a fire apparently means go to hell so (laughs) yeah um some of I love this song and one I've always like enjoyed the song but one thing that got me more interested in the song is the movie Shatters yeah and so I love uh, that movie oh right. my god and uh <laughs> so that's songs in the movie and I, actually I think it's uh it's one of his kids I don't know if it's Stephen Marley or Ziggy Marley does like a, a remix of the song it's really it's really great but, mm-hmm. No, this is another song where it's like the the lyrics very very simple, but it's it's kind of like Bob Marley has great words. It's like even though it's a simple mm. song, it's like I bet you couldn't write a song as as timeless as as this one. Um, this may not be much to it, but I mean it it's really 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 powerful. I think the song's kind of like a it's like about maybe like a slave revolt or at least maybe about like um like um after all of the years of oppression and uh brutalization and um disenfranchisement it's like what what do you think is going to happen when we actually take the power back and uh, Hmm. we you know everything that's been done done wrong to us some of the lyrics uh really love relevant song are every time i hear every time i hear the crack of a whip my blood runs cold. So just so like timeless. And then he's talking about the, I remember on the slave ship, how they brutalize our very soul. Today they say that we are free only to be chained in poverty. 
I'm just like, mm. like the, a lot sorry. of the things are so relevant today. Um, yeah. Things that, you know, us still going through. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, he it says, um, you know, we're going to we're going to get back at the, the people who are oppressing us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love mm-hmm. Yes. I gotta, I gotta hear that one. See, that's a deep cut. I've never heard that song, but shit, I think like you probably have heard it. I mean, but it's, think so? it may not be one that you, you know, maybe Recognize. took note of. Recognize. But, yeah. but yeah. no, man, that's, the song cr- crushes every time. All right, so moving on. Um, the next one I have is a song called Running Away. And I can remember the first time I heard this song. Um, it was so like a young young kid. I've always mm. just just loved this song. And uh, this wow. this song's on the the album Kaya, and I guess Kaya mm. that's another phrase for marijuana. Uh, it's 1978 it's recorded in England this is like recorded during a time actually this was recorded in the aftermath of that assassination attempt mm. we we're talking about uh, okay after mm. after that uh you know the, the assassination attempt that was um right before Bob was going to play a, a show yeah, in Jamaica a two days before uh, yeah. right and um I, I guess um, you know, Bob wasn't a lot of the songs are kind of like militant, kind of like slave driver, but I don't think Bob was really militant himself. I know that mm. He, mm. he grew up like uh in a lot of poverty and crime and you know, Bully guns too. and gun violence, but I don't think he participated mm. in that. But he had a lot of friends that participated in it, and then also I think that um, he was kind of like on both sides of the political lines in, in Jamaica. And so he, I think he gets shot because, I don't know, for whatever reason, one of the, even though he's friends with both sides, I guess one of the sides thought that he was supporting the other side more and you know wanted, mm. to, wanted to kill him. So following that, he leaves Jamaica for several years and goes over to England. They signed this mm-hmm. contract with island records or whatever and they started producing some records this is one of the first records that they produced um and i think that too that this this, the lyrics of the song are kind of about him coming to grips with this having to leave jamaica um being away from the people that he loves and also coming to grips with his um with the assassination attempt on his life because you know some of the song is talking about um uh, you know, like mortality. Um, hmm. And I think like the last verse of the song is like um, maybe like a dialogue between him and his family that he left behind in Jamaican saying, you know, Bob, why are you running away? But he says, you know, I'm not, I'm not running. I'm just trying to like find the best, the right place for me. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, some of the lyrics that I really like from the song are every man think that his burden is the heaviest and it kind of really captures, I think, one of the themes of the song about being um, kind of like trapped inside your your own self, trapped inside your your own inner world, um, and um, uh, 
you know, feeling alienated and feeling like um, maybe that no one suffers as much as, as you do. Um, and I think that's kind of hmm. like a universal thing that everybody deals with or, or thinks about. Um, and then the other lyrics I like are running and you're running and you're running away, but you can't run away from yourself, run away from yourself. Just, I mean, I think it really just speaks for itself. So, so true about the yeah. human experience and, uh, the song is just kind of, again, simplistic, but, but timeless. Um, yeah. you're running and you're running and you're running away. It's hard for people to it's hard for people to do that though to to really create classic songs and even with simplistic themes or simple not simplistic themes but simplistic lyrics right because the themes are actually quite complex. Mm -hmm. um, but the way that he is able to 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 write and communicate through song, it makes you feel so relatable and like you really understand what he's saying and and the emotion that comes through the words is I think that's why people connect with him so so much. Through generations, yeah. right? Yeah, and the topics he's talking about too. These are things that I think everybody, you know, has has to deal with. Um, mm -hmm. The song in particular, and it's probably like why I probably, you know, gravitated towards it. You know, when I was a teenager, just you know, I had my like like emo period, and so like a song <laughs> like this, yeah, it fits fits right in there. <laughs> um, Didn't we all? Right. And uh I think it's a really fitting song too for him because he is biracial, right? And he does yeah. have he struggled yeah. a lot with I mean his nickname back in the day was Tough Gong because he had to fight so much. Mm -hmm. And people will be making fun of him because he's white and you know, he's not black enough or he's not white enough. And you know, the the true biracial story that everybody has dealt with. Um, who is biracial. So I think that also mm -hmm. attests that who, how he was like just growing up, you know, that song kind of relates to that as well. Of course. Um, just having to deal with run that. run away from yourself. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You're going to have to face the, those truths about yourself. Yeah, about and both sides. Yeah. About yeah. both mm -hmm. sides. And both uh, sides. he says, you know, he, but he says, I'm not running. I'm not running. Don't say that. And I think it's, it's kind of, maybe it's, yeah, it's like that that inter inner dialogue that you might mm -hmm. you might have with yourself, and yeah, you brought up that you know he is half half white, and uh, that's something that I didn't, I don't think I realized for a long time either. Yeah, so same. yeah, I think it's something that does <laughs> like get get forgotten about Bob's story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, I think, I don't think also he... his dad was very old. His mom was very yeah. young, right. and then so one of his those dad kinda... died when he was young, too, so right. he just wasn't ever really in his life. So, yeah, right. everybody just thinks of him as a, just fully black or, you know, fully Jamaican and stuff, and, so... And because yeah. he took on the the um, black empowerment, black liberation yeah, exactly. Um, mm -hmm. exactly. You know, themes a lot, too, so... Yeah. But, yeah. but at the same time, you know, um, Bob, um, always had you know white friends and uh white girlfriends and um <laughs> yes um he Some was also <laughs> yeah, he was traveling around the world you know yeah. picking up babies as he was traveling da damien so, damien is half white or yeah. shoot 75 qu second quarter quarter yeah 
Octoroon. But um, wait a minute. <laughs> that, but that's another thing though about Bob too is it's like this music seems like it's like a very very like black thing, and but you know when he was gaining popularity, especially outside of Jamaica, a lot of the fans were white. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and um in the U.S. and um. I think yeah, that he was a, a little disturbed by that. And um, <laughs> but I think, you know, that, that's all a part of like the the um, juxtaposition of, of a lot of things about his about his life and about how the uh, <laughs> the white and the black, you know, alternated or didn't fit well with each other or relied on the other half and stuff. So, yes. So, yeah. I, I think also, too, right. It's like I think people who don't know much about Jamaica. They think Jamaica is just like all black, but it's like obviously with the colonialism and, you know, Jamaica received its independence in 1962. There is a lot of different ethnicities in Jamaica. So, you know, there are a lot of half black, half white, you know, half Asian, so on and so forth. And then also when you think about, you know, when Bob Marley and the Whalers, you know, were popular, this is also in the 70s period. And that 70s time period was all about, well, all about Keith and uh, trying to be one people, which a lot of, you know, white people at that time, a lot of the hippies were trying to be a part of that movement. Yeah. So hmm. it makes True. sense. Hmm. True. Yeah, I've never been to Jamaica. But I, I would like to go. Ama? Uh, that's not my fault. That's not my fault. I cannot believe it. We're going to go. We're going to go, baby. I've already gone three times. I, what's, what's the fourth? What's the fourth? Also, last thing I want to say about running away, Monty Alexander, he's a jazz artist. I think he's he's from the Caribbean. Anyway, he does a great jazz interpretation of this song. Um, of and of some other Bob Marley songs too, and I think um, it's worth uh, checking checking that out because it's it's really great. And I was I always thought this was like a, a deep cut. I didn't know anyone else even knew about this song. And then I heard mm-hmm. Monty Alexander doing like a jazz cover, and so I, I gotta say like I know that this song has affected a lot of people. In a right. Way. Mm-hmm. All right. The last true song fans, I true have, fans, mm-hmm. right, right. People really, really um, living and dying on each each of his words. But um, <laughs> the last song I have is Zimbabwe. And this one was released shortly after <laughs> Running Away. This is on the 1979 survival yeah. album. So this has got to be like toward the some of the last songs that Bob was recording. Uh, this was recorded back in Kingston, Jamaica. Dang. Um, before I get Kingston, more into Jamaica. the song, though, I was um, kind of really getting into the song during this time when I was doing an internship um, in New York. And I was actually, the, the internship was actually for the Human Rights Foundation. And some of what I was doing in my internship was like studying um, 
like the the oppression of different nations, in particular Zimbabwe, and mm. learning a lot about Zimbabwe and uh, and and the song too. During that time too, I take this Uber ride to Newark Airport, and this song's like playing, or I played it, and the Uber driver turns around. And, t- and tries to tell me that he told Bob Marley what to write in this song or what to write the first, first the song or something. Wow. What a story. What a story, Cameron. Obviously, I did not believe. But I know that early in the, Just be lying. you know, Bob Marley's career with the Whalers, I know that it was kind of like a communal process of song creation yeah a lot of people yeah mm-hmm. putting different pieces into it they did a lot of the producing yeah mm-hmm. but i think probably by 1979 bob was probably able to write by himself but maybe <laughs> maybe wait camera Cam- you said that uh he he wrote this song in kingston it was recorded in kingston recorded in kingston i was gonna say because he he lived in new jersey at one point Ooh, so he, it could have been it could he did did he have any i know he lived in delaware i did not know he lived in jersey this small mainly they were sitting around and bob was brainstorming and he mm. said something made it into the song helped help him he didn't he didn't claim <laughs> the whole song just just like the first few few lines mm. i mean you know what you never know but people do be lying said, where so my money at where my money at where my money right. at he didn't sue the estate, so it wasn't real. Oop. He had no proof. He had no proof. Oh, my gosh. So this uh, this song comes about during a time uh, following, um, you know, Bob being ex- self-exiled from Jamaica, touring in Europe, um, and he wants to start um, touring in Africa. And uh, I think he was even romantically involved with the uh, Gabon dictator's daughter. Mm-hmm. Damn, mm. Bob. Wow. Not the dictator. Lord. Right. Oh, Careful. Yeah. <laughs> and you're not done talking about dictators either. And uh, so also during this time, I don't know too much about this, but probably you guys do. There you know, a lot of the... Nations in Africa, they were shedding their colonial rulers. Um, and so mm-hmm. this is during a time where Bob is really harping on the Africa Unite uh, message, mm-hmm. Black Liberation message, getting these colonizers out of there. And he's going on a tour in Africa during this time, you know, before the independence, Zimbabwe was known as Rhodesia. Um, they had a white rule. Um you know, black people were being abused. The prime minister at the time of Rhodesia, a white man, he was, you know, he stated that black people would never rule in Rhodesia in a thousand years. That obviously <laughs> was not true. Right around this time, uh, Zimbabwe is, you know, they're fighting for their independence, gaining their independence. And Bob writes this song. And this song actually becomes an anthem of the black liberation movement in Zimbabwe. Mm-hmm. Uh, the timely arrival of Bob, of Bob Marley's reggae music and its 
globalist pan-African message, changed political attitudes as the young freedom fighters marched to war. They were singing, singing the song. Um, they, you know, they achieved the independence and Bob plays a concert. <laughs> and um, he even had to finance the concert with his own money. There were dignitaries from around the world who attended this concert in Zimbabwe. Uh, there were big crowds uh, during the concert. Um, they wouldn't let everybody in. I think there was about 40,000 people there, but there was even more people who wanted to enter but couldn't get in. Obviously, they were black people. Um, of police course. Of course. Right. <laughs> the police tear gassed them. Of course. So much tear gas that even the performer performers were affected by it. But Bob um, just kept going. You know, and too, I don't know if you've seen Bob perform, but there's a lot of stories about just how, how he would like go into like a trance when he was performing. And so, and he really believed that his music was uh, like a part of the Rastafarian movement and that he was there to as like a messenger of God or working out God's purpose. Anyway, tear gassing these people, some of the performers are getting tear gas or whatever. Anyway, it doesn't stop them. And the people who are trying to break in, they still got into the concert and legend has it that at that point, Bob says that those are the real revolutionaries, the, the people who were able to break into the concert. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that's a part, that's one of the lyrics from the song. Um, and then the next day, um, Bob played another show that was even bigger and he played it for all the people who, you know, couldn't get into the, to that first show. What I think is kind of really unfortunate though, you know, the song, it talks about, I don't want my people to be tricked by mercenaries. And it's talking about black liberation and wishing for a hopeful thing for Zimbabwe, future for Zimbabwe. And um, I don't know if Bob supported Mugabe. Cameron giving us a history lesson. It's a little, what I think is like I a love little it. sad is that I love Mugabe, it. the first president after Zimbabwe gets his independence, he turns out to be a dictator, terrible dictator. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He would not leave and uh, really ruined the country. And uh, so I think it's just, it's just kind of sad because I don't think that Bob would have supported that or that that was Bob's right. intention. And I think he wanted um, better for Zimbabwe. Some of the lyrics that I really like about this song are, Every man got the right to decide his own destiny. And in this judgment, there is no partiality. So arm in arm with arms, we'll fight this little struggle. That's the line and the guy said he wrote, isn't it? I think the lines <laughs> are it's some, something in the first verse. I, I don't think it's this anyway. Oh, okay, uh, okay. Please, I was Says, uh, you're right, you're right, you're right. You're so right. We'll have to fight. We gonna fight. Fight for all right. It's mash it up in a Zimbabwe. I love the song. It's it's really great. There's also oh. other great songs on the album. Um, the album huh. has a bunch of the different flags from the different nations that were, you know, getting their liberation at that time. That's that's where Akon got that line from. Cause we gonna fight. Yeah, believe we gonna fight. Fight for I, our right to I, love. 
Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm, it just hit mm-hmm. me. And then, so following this album, mm-hmm. Bob is really trying to cross over uh, into the American audiences, especially with black people. He plays a concert at Madison Madison Square Garden, opening for the Commodores. Oh, um, oh wow! Cool. That's cool. What but a concert! He's also right? his health is declining at this point. Yeah. Very, like mm-hmm. immediately, shortly after that concert, he even like collapsed. Mm. Um, and that's mm. when they're finding out that the cancer is metastasizing. And then the next show he played was in Pittsburgh, and that was the last last show he he played. Wow. And um, yeah. Yep. Wow. Rest in peace, Bob. King. Rest in peace, wow. Bob. Damn, you put on for Bob Cameron. <laughs> yes. Thank you, for, thank you for the history lesson because yes. I mean, he he was attached to a lot of political issues yeah. that was going on during that time. So it's good to have the background behind it for sure. Definitely did your homework. Mm-hmm. Oh, I told him. Um, I said, get your notes together. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Boyd, do you want to go? Sure, sure. Um, so the first song that I will be talking about is Get Up, Stand Up. Get up, stand up. Stand up for your right. Get up, stand up. Don't give up the fight. Reach your man don't tell me. So this was the first Bob Marley song that I've ever, I ever heard in my life. Um, it would get played around my house. I felt like damn there every day. Um, my dad had the vinyl of the um the album. I think it was called was it called Legend? It was like a like a all of his like uh, hit songs on one album. Yeah, called Legend. Compilation. Yeah. Um, but he had the vinyl of it, and so I they played they would play it all the time. Um, and that was actually you said that was his last uh, his last concert was in Pittsburgh. This was the last song he's ever performed. Mm. Um, as well so it was written by it was written written by bob and peter tosh who was also one of the whalers um in 1973 and um again bob i think tosh was the uh producer yes he was a producer as well um and bob was inspired by a trip to haiti uh where he basically saw how many haitians were living in poverty um probably Mm -hmm. similar to how he how he was raised as well and he was inspired to to write this song um but it's a song to people. It's a song to those people that he saw. It's a song probably an ode to his 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 upbringing, um, and people who are living in conditions who that are honestly worsened by lack of government support. Um, so I, I feel like it's just a call to people to demand more, um, hold those in charge accountable, but don't don't look at them as the end all be all, right? Like stand mm-hmm. up for yourself, um, stand up for your rights. You know, call out what isn't right. So it's a it's a protest. It's a protest song in my opinion, yeah. which you know a lot of his music. It has it has those themes. So um I'm really gonna be focusing with my three songs. I'm really gonna be focusing on the, the words. You know, we're talking about how his lyrics are simplistic, but the themes are very um very complex. And I think this is just another one of those things. So he says, Preacher man, don't tell me heaven is under the earth. I know you don't know what life is really worth. It's not all that glitter is gold. Half the story has never been told. So now you see the light, stand up for your right. We're sick and tired of your ism and schism game. Die and go to heaven in Jesus' name. Lord, we know and we understand Almighty God is a living man. You can fool some people sometimes, but you can't fool all the people all the time. So mm-hmm. now we see the light. We're going to stand up for our right. So I, I just, again, like I said, when I first heard it, I was just like, what is this? Because it was just so different from anything, you know, my parents had played before. And it really, I didn't 
get the the, the depth to it when I when I heard it. But um, as I got older, I realized what it was actually about. Um, the song was actually inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame in 1999, and in 2020, Rolling Stone ranked it uh, number one on their list of the 50 greatest Bob Marley songs. Um, which wow. it seems to be number one on a lot of people's list when it comes to comes to him. So, but yes, Get Up Stand Up is my first song. Really, really enjoy it. My second song, something a little lighter, a little lighter, is uh, Could You Be this was released as the first single from their 12th and final album uprising uh it came out only a year before he uh passed away um and he is the sole writer on this song which is which wasn't uncommon for a lot of his music again yeah the pen the pen <laughs> get in the studio what, what's that shirt that lotto was wearing get in the studio bitch or get in the, booth, bitch, get in the booth like for real um so it was written in 1979 while Bob and um, the Whalers were on a plane. I guess the Whalers were kind of just playing around with the guitar. And I guess he just started writing to whatever, whatever they started playing. Um, and this song actually has some disco kind of funky vibes to it. The production is a little bit different from some of his, his earlier things for sure. Um, but at this point when he's writing this song and recording the song, he knew he had cancer. Um, and honestly, when I realized that he wrote that, you know, while he was suffering from cancer, it kind of made me appreciate the song a lot more because on the surface, it just seems like a, a light, fun song, which, which it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then you start reading the lyrics and you're like, hmm, Bob was saying something a little deeper. So again, let me go to the lyrics. Don't let them fool you or even try to school you. We've got a mind of our own. So go to hell if what, you're think isn't, if you, what you think isn't right. Love would never leave us alone. In the darkness, there must come out to light. Don't let them change you or even rearrange you. We've got a <laughs> life to live. They say only the fittest of the fittest shall survive. Stay alive. And then he also samples himself on this song. Shout out to Sizzle on Love Language. But he also samples himself <laughs> on this song. He samples lyrics from his very first single called Judge Not that came out in 1962. Um, and this, this part of the song actually happens to be my favorite part of the song. The road to life is rocky. And you may stumble too. So while you point your fingers, someone else is judging you. Could you be, could you be, could you be love? Could you be, could you be love? That is my favorite song, favorite part of the song. I love it, love it, love it. And I love that he sampled himself. So, you know, what I got from this song is that it's clear that his faith never wavered throughout this whole health ordeal. Um, And not just even his health, right? But the assassination attempt, like his faith never wavered. Um, because he's literally singing about how darkness doesn't have to be permanent. So what are you going to do in order to lean into the light and into love? So that's that's what this song is all about. So Love Could You Be Loved, it is ranked number 363 on Rolling Stone's list of 500, list of 500 best songs of all time. Um, and rightfully so. It's it's a great song. It's a funky kind of kind of vibe to it. Uh, definitely had a lot of crossover for, as well. But um when you think about what was going on in Bob's life during this time, it 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 has a lot of meaning to it. Yeah. yeah. And my last song is No Woman, No Cry. No woman, 
specifically the live version, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, that's that's the that's the one I'm talking about here. So my first exposure to this song was actually through the Fugees. <laughs> the Fugees covered this song on their 1996 um, classic album, The Score. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, once but once I discovered like that this was it was actually a cover and Bob's was the original. I I still love the the Fuji's version, but like it's Bob's version for me, okay. Um, and it's from the 1974 album Natty Dread. Uh, it was it was kind of I don't know. Nina Simone also covered this song and she did a good job. But you know, we talked we had a we had a show about covers, right? Sometimes the covers are better. This is, in my opinion, this is not the case. This is Bob for me all day. So yeah. it, was, it was written by him, but he actually goes uncredited on the like the official credits because he gave all the writing credit to his friend um, who's named Vincent uh, Vincent Ford. And he ran a soup kitchen in Trenchtown where Bob is from. Um, so that so the royalties received go from the song all go Aww, to him that's that's in support up. of him and his soup kitchen. So like, again, humanitarian like Bob, I'm sure he did a lot of stuff like that that we don't even know about. Right. Um, yeah. But. I thought people that was like him cool don't live long. They don't. They don't. They, they don't. don't live long. Yeah, they never do. Yeah, They're, I guess. Yeah, seems very intentional, right? Like, yeah, they're like coming the, here the, to do one young. thing. They're, do they're they, explosive. Yeah, they're they're a shooting star, literally, and then they just burn out, and it's yeah. very quick. You got to catch yeah. it while you, you while you're catch here. It for a good time, not a long time. Yeah, but their their well, impact is everlasting. Yeah, everlasting, everlasting. Um, so I would say that the reason why I like the live version better is because the recorded version, same lyrics and everything, but it's a bit faster. Um, it's, it has more of a, like a, I won't say pop, I guess, like more of a pop kind of feel to it, mainstream feel to it. Um, the radio edit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, like, it's like too, like, light. I want something like, I need, I like the slow down version of the lot. Like they take their time with it. You got the lady in the background. So, like it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Um. It, and it really evokes a different kind of emotion than when I when I listened to like the the, the studio version, I was like, I feel completely different. Like, the, I but I want emotions when I'm when you're thinking about what the song is about. I want it to be a much more emotional feel to it, and the live version really gives me that. Um, and the and that version was actually inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame as well in 2005. So clearly, I'm not the only one who feels that way about it. <laughs> So I took a quote from Genius that says, uh, quote, one of Bob Marley's most enduring songs, No Woman, No Cry, is a call to be positive and not to worry about the bad times. Um, end quote. Yes, it's enduring. It is reflective. And it's a bit nostalgic for me as well, because he's talking about like childhood and things that he had to go through to get to kind of where he is and how everything's going to be OK. Like I, it's. Let's just get into the lyrics. Like I said, I'm focusing on the lyrics this episode. Kimmy, Kimmy gave the history so I could just focus on the lyrics. <laughs> um, so I remember when we used to sit in the government yard in Trenchtown, observing the, hint- the hypocrites as they mingle with the good people we meet. Good friends we have, old good friends we lost along the way. In this great future, you can't forget your past. So dry your tears, I say. And then the second verse is, I, I remember where we used to sit in the government yard in, Trench, in Trenchtown. And then Georgie would make the fire lights, the logwood burning through the nights. Then we would cook the cornmeal porridge, of which I'll share with you. My feet is my only carriage, so me got to push on through. But while I'm gone, 
everything is going to be all right. Hey, mm-hmm. everything is going to be all right. Oh, that's my part when, they, when yes. the audience joins in and then the, <laughs> and then the audience joins in. Mm-hmm. Everything is going to be all right. Listen, I love, love this song. It's so beautiful. I think it's um, I think it's beautiful that, you know, he's talking about, um, you know, his friend that he grew up with. But then, like, he gave the writing credits to another one of his friends who can use that to support himself in his soup kitchen. It has so much meaning to it. It's so beautiful. It's a reminder of, you know, we all come from somewhere, um, humble beginnings most of the time. And it just makes you really just reflect on your life, the good and the bad. But, uh, but appreciate where you are and know that, that this is just a part of your journey. Um, and then prayerfully, you know, with faith, with the health of God, um, everything will be okay. Even, even when, even sometimes when it doesn't seem like that. So No Woman, No Cry is absolutely beautiful song. It is ranked number 37 on Rolling Stones, Gay Greatest Songs of All Time. Um, Mm. and again, rightfully so the writing, the production, the meaning, um, behind it is, it is my favorite, uh, Bob Marley song, hands down. So those are my three. Good. Great songs. Yes. Nice ones. You want to go, Dami? Yeah, I'll go. So um, thank you, Cameron, again, for giving us all this uh, <laughs> historical context and background. So I could skip all that. But <laughs> my three songs are a little more um, a little more fun, of course. I feel like every song, he always has some type of uh, political context to it. But still, the overall theme is fun, love, um, and having a good time. Uh, so the first song is probably my most political song out of the three. This is uh, Natty Dread. Don't care what the world says. I and I could never go astray. Just like a bright and sunny So yes, Nazi Dread. This is from his um, album, also titled Nazi Dread. Uh, it's the self uh, self su- seven sorry seven studio album um, by Bob Marley and the Wailers. And this album is pretty important because this is the first album without the original uh, Wailers crew. So this is uh, without Peter Tosh and Bunny Livingston or Bunny Whaler. Uh, they left the group, and it's album is also significant because this is a group where he had the i3s which include his wife rita marley hmm. so this song it was actually written by rita mm-hmm. instead of bob mm-hmm. yes yeah. and it's a triumphant song because a lot of people as you know with dreadlocks or locks whichever way you prefer yeah. this called the yeah. hairstyle yeah um you know back in the day and you know even in the present time too dreadlocks are not looked at in a positive light um you may be stereotyped especially as a black person wearing dreadlocks you may not get the same job opportunities uh may just be you you just have a bad stereotype you may be looked at as a thug or a hoodlum whatever whatever unkempt yeah yeah yep but wearing dreadlocks was a way to get rid of that um european or westernized uh colonization and social socialization um, it was also viewed in the Rastafari culture as being connected to um, the God. So a lot of Rastafaris, um, you know, do wear dreadlocks as part of the practice of uh, Rastafarianism. I personally love this song because 
my mom has dreadlocks. Um, she mm-hmm. wasn't born, I mean, not born to raise with dreadlocks, but she didn't have dreadlocks <laughs> as a child. Uh, she started growing her locks when she was an adult. So I remember her when she had her perm. I remember her when she had a little yes. foot back. Um, but then I remember <laughs> when she started throwing her, she started growing her locks and she started her transitional journey. And this song always makes me think about her um, because, you know, there's many times she was stereotyped because of having dreadlocks, whether she was in the car, um, mm. she was being pulled over by police. She had a really bad incident with the cops in Bloomfield mm. um, because mm. they thought sh- she was someone that they were looking for. And mm-hmm. obviously yeah. it wasn't her. Uh, but, you know, this song Thank always God. reminds me Thank of her. God. Thank God. Yes. Thank, Thank God. God this right. the situation, that didn't you turn know, out no other didn't way. turn out crazy. And right. your mother has right. beautiful locks. Beautiful. Beautiful. Locks. Be- beautiful locks. And, you know, I, I'm going to appreciate it while she has it because she's trying to cut them off. But oh, it's all good. It's all good. You know, <laughs> when when they get older, they like, look, I'm not trying to deal with the maintenance, even though maintenance is not crazy. <laughs> <laughs> they want to switch but, it up. They want to Yeah, they want to switch it up. Yeah. She, she's really not trying to do anything right here. So um, some of the lyrics that I enjoy from the song, um, don't care what the world say, Nazi dread. I and I can never go astray, Nazi dread. Just like a bright and sunny day, oh, we're going to have things our way. So it's like, look, I don't care what the world says about my hair. I don't care what type of stereotype you're going to put on me. I'm going to do me. I'm never going to go straight. I am connected to my roots and where I'm from. And, you know, this hair is important to me. So that's my first song. Again, pretty much it's the most political song out of the three, but I really love it. And, of course, like I always think about my mom when I hear this song. Um, oh, it's the no. first. I am not my hair, huh? Okay, pretty much, oh, right, yeah. right, right. In the re, I see now. I see what you got. Okay, the vision. That's right. You know, this song too. He's talking about uh, Trench Town and walking mm-hmm. up and down Trench Town here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So wow. great, excellent song. Um, second song. This is my favorite Bob Marley song. And again, this is Lover's Week, Valentine's Day, however you view this week. This song is Steer It Up. Oh. Yeah, one of my faves, too, for sure. Damn. When we were picking the songs, I almost said, oh, this. This is one of the camera songs. I don't know if this is the song that you were talking about, Alma, but... No, no. Okay. <laughs> All right. Other one. <laughs> but anyway, Stare It Up, such a great song. Um, song is composed by Bob Marley, 1967. Um, it was first recorded by Bob Marley and the Wailers, and it was issued as a single, but then it was later covered by American singer Johnny Nash on his uh, 1972 album, I Can can See Clearly Now. Um, that a lot of people know, obviously, the song I could see clearly now that the rain's gone um this song gave marley his first uh, taste of widespread commercial success mm. um even though it was johnny nash mm-hmm. that was actually covering the song um this was his first like international successful song it mm. took it to the top 20 charts in the uk and also in the u.s which is pretty cool uh, but then the following year bob marley and the whalers they re-recorded this song for their fifth studio album catch a fire um which is really cool fun fact about this song is that they were on tour um, at the time with Don- Johnny Nash, but they were having issues with CBS oh, wow. um, and their contract with them. And they didn't have enough money to return home to Jamaica. So their road manager approached a producer and um, they agreed for the producer to advance them some money 
uh, for their next album. Right. However, they used that money to basically go back to Jamaica. Right. But still, they were able to record <laughs> tracks for this album. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like, look, give me this money. We gonna, we gonna head home, though. But we'll still worry. <laughs> we're back to this I song, gotta get so. back to Jamaica. Right. <laughs> right. So this is one of the songs. So just like Cameron said, this uh, album and journals, you know, very political, talking about political injustices uh, towards Black people and, of course, um, towards people who are impoverished. However, this is one of the songs on this album that was purely about love. And mm-hmm. I love this song because it's so sensual. Um, this song, according to Rita's Mar- uh, Rita Marley's memoir, um, her memoir is called No Woman, No Cry, My Life About Marley. It was written as a reflection of her life with Bob Marley. So apparently the song was dedicated to her mm-hmm. um, and, and, and <laughs> their life, one, which is, right. Which is, you know, <laughs> it, well, it's ironic just knowing the story about him and his extramarital well, affairs. Rita also but, had extramarital yeah, affairs. Yeah, she was also doing her thing. So hey, yeah, her, she got her yeah, back. Yeah, hey, yeah. They, you know, she got her look back. With it. Right, nice. she got her look back. It ain't right, but it's okay. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, stir it up um, for us to be an intimate. It's a real easygoing song. Um, but funny enough, people were arguing that this song is also about weed. But wow. I guess if you read the lyrics, you'd be like, okay, I guess I can make a connection. But, you know, I'll read some of the lyrics. So the first verse, it's been a long, long time since I got you on my mind. And now you are here. I said it's so clear to see what we can do, just me and you. So, I mean, obviously to me, it's a love song. However, I mean, for those who like to participate in... In other activities, it can be, you know, just like uh, D'Angelo. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's very similar. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And then the third verse, and then quench me when I'm thirsty. Come on, cool me down when I'm hot. Your recipe is so tasty, and you show and stir your pot. So, again, this is one of the songs where, obviously, it's very highly sexual however you don't he didn't have to add any derogatory lyrics um any raunchy lyrics you can kind of get the gist of what he's talking about just through mm-hmm. playing his words so um very iconic and and that um the harmonies to the song is it's amazing one of my favorite parts doesn't even involve the lyric it's the beginning of the song mm-hmm. it's when the song is just easing it's right. just slowly building before they start singing the song and mm-hmm. it just reminds me of like a beautiful day in a spring, warm, sunny day, mm. no humidity, like no clouds. <laughs> you're at the park, you just laying down, you just looking up at the beautiful blue skies and you just hear the first like minute of this song. And it's like, wow, this is kind of like the life that I, I dreamed of. So yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah, no, I love that song too. Yes, great song, great song. And of course the, the, the guitar solo at the end, again, very iconic, beautiful song. Um, mm-hmm. And this was on, this was number 12 on Roller Stone's top 50 greatest Bob Marley songs. And oh, I agree. Oh. I agree. It's, it's got a lot of uh, awesome pretty music. High. Yeah. Pretty high. Wordplay, I love. I love the yeah. wordplay. Wordplay and then production of it is just, it's a beautiful song. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you hang out with your lovers this week, maybe I could do a slow dance to this song and maybe do a little more. Do some staring <laughs> it up. Ooh. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> Final song. We're gonna I'm gonna end it with a upbeat song. This is jamming. No bullet can stop us now. We need to beg, no, we won't bow. Neither can be born our soul. We all depend the right judge. Our children must unite. Oh, life is worth much more than gold. 
right, y'all. Jamming. What a way to end it. Um, this is a song from their 1977 album called Exodus. Um, this also appears on that album that uh, I'm most ca- uh, talking about, which is called Legend. Mm-hmm. Um, the song Jamming. Jamming is a verb. Also means uh, dancing and just having a good time. Um, some of the lyrics I like. Ain't no rules, ain't no vow. We could do it anyhow. I and I will see you through because every day we pay the price. We're the living sacrifice. Jam until the jam is through. And that just lets you know that there's no rules or restrictions to having a good time and how people should enjoy themselves. You know, we are sacrificing our lives every day. And you know what? You should be jamming your lives until it's the end. Um, so I think that's important. Again, um, no bullet can stop us now. We not the beg. We not. We won't bow. Neither can be bought nor sold. We all defend the right. Ja, Ja children must unite. Your life is worth much more than gold. Um, and this ties back to what Cameron was talking about with the assassination attempt um, at his house. This is two days before the concert, which was supposed to be a concert about um, political violence. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just very ironic that <laughs> yeah, that's what happened. It was an yeah. assassination attempt to him and his wife and you know other people that was in the house. Yeah. Um, so this song was written um obviously after the assassination attempt. This is when he went on his uh self-inflicted exile in in the Bahamas. This, this is before he ended up in the UK. Um and they were saying that he was obviously really hurt about him being shot in the chest. And, you know, although he was shot and although they were trying to kill him, he's still jamming. <laughs> all right he's still persevering through he said it doesn't he doesn't matter it doesn't matter what he's been through of course living in the trenches living in the trench down to now being uh attempted to be killed he's still jamming on the way through so i just felt like it's a fun song to to end my big three with and yeah, like honestly if y'all know if y'all know stevie wonder the great <laughs> <laughs> then y'all know that he made a song that is pretty much a tribute to this song um so master blaster mm-hmm. jamming mm-hmm. um and which was on his hotter than july album and what's funny enough which i didn't know that bob molly actually was opening for stevie wonder Damn, uh, during his U.S. tour for? right mm-hmm. wow right wow yes, yes. Mm-hmm. he was an opening act for that's, his U.S. tour i love that yeah yep. he had some great i see though wow that's amazing sorry it's amazing. No, it's no, it's amazing. That is, and good. again, like when you think about that time period, and everyone is trying to fight for world peace, and you know, it just makes sense that you have that connection mm-hmm. between Stevie Wonder, who is always, always connected to um, the black the black plight, and then you have Bob Marley, who's also in that same realm. Mm-hmm. Um, it just makes sense that they connected, and you know, they were on tour together. So, those are my three good songs. Wow, good song. yeah, great even even. What you, oh, you say? Yeah. I said, yeah, that's an amazing concert to go to. I mean, just, wow, two grades like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe even, even Deeper Connection. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tw- Twinkie Clark got Master Blaster. But you brought the sunshine from Master Blaster. So <laughs> all that influence is yeah. crazy in there. So Crazy. That's what the dun 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 is from. Mm-hmm. That from Master Blaster. So, let me play that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Uh-huh. I just. I'm blown away because I. I just feel like did people realize that how iconic? I feel like I don't know if people realize how iconic that was when it happened. I well, don't know. 
maybe the ones who are there. We we got to interview somebody who's been there to those concerts and right? like, were yeah. young during that time and like can really speak to it. Because, yeah, it would be amazing to hear like how it was. Because I don't know, sometimes when you're young, you're like, you don't realize like, oh, wow, that was amazing. No. Like that's yeah. something that is never going to be duplicated or replicated or ever. Yeah. And about yeah. seeing the artists when they're still um, establishing themselves because that's when you have the most access to them. Yeah, that's so yep. true. Yeah. That's so true. Yep. Well, I'm going to close it out, y'all. So I, I would say I'm not hey. the biggest Bob Marley fan. Like I, this, this definitely helped me to hear a lot of his songs and hear where, you know, I, some of my favorite artists got their influence from because mm. I mean, honestly, I know Bob Marley through, like Amma said, the Fuji. So a lot of what mm -hmm. I know is because I've heard it somewhere else or a cover of it. Um, my first song is Buffalo Soldier. And the reason why I also chose Buffalo, so I was going to do either Mr. Chatterbox or this one. I did like Mr. Chatterbox, but Ooh, yeah. um, <laughs> Buffalo Soldier, y'all know that I'm like heavy into the military. Like, you know, my dad was in the army for 20 plus years and, you mm -hmm. know, shout out to the troops. You know, sometimes that's what like how especially African-Americans can find their little piece of a, an American dream sometimes. So this is yeah. from his 1983 Confrontation album, which didn't appear on record until. Um, like this was like a posthumous release um uh so yeah it's after 1981 which was when he died so this is in 1983 this was written by bob marley and noel king's sporty williams um term buffalo soldier refers to african-american soldiers and this was actually a name that was reportedly coined by the native americans when they came across the um african-american soldiers um so this song is considered to be an anti-war song. Um, it speaks to the African-American struggle. Here you have people who are oppressed and they're stolen people from Africa and they're fighting for a nation that won't fight for them. Like hmm. they literally took them to fight for them and they don't Make even want to fight for them. So it's like it's it's and he it. talks about that in the song. And it, that really touched me because I'm like, dang, that's so true. Like you're taking people from their land, from their home, and fighting in a war that they have nothing to do with. Like, nothing. no no fight in the fight, literally. But nope. they're yeah. just here because this is what they're supposed to do or this is how they're, they can survive. Um, <laughs> so that, that really got to me when I heard this song. And I like how in the song he's talking about you got to know your history and then you'll know where you're coming from. And I think that's really a powerful statement because that's something that we, like, have to grow to realize, like, you grow up, you have to know where you're coming from. You have to know your history, know about, you know, all the things that happened before you so that you you know who you are and where you come from and, like, stand on that. You know what I'm saying? As the kids say, stand on business. Um, <laughs> but that'll help you to be more true to yourself and to let people know, like, no, I, this, is, this is in my bloodline. Like, fighting is in my bloodline. I'm going to fight for my right. I'm going to fight, you know, for other oppressed people or you know, I don't have to fight for people who, you know, won't fight for me. You know what I'm saying? So I really enjoyed uh, listening to Buffalo Soldier. And I like how it kind of has that like chant to it, like as if you are a soldier. They're like, why, yo, yo, 
Oy, 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 yeah. oy. So yeah. I, I really enjoyed that. Um, and one of the reasons why, no lie, this is probably the main reason why I chose this song. Uh, because it's actually in the Fuji song, Ready or Not, and Proswell is going to say, The Buffalo Soldier <laughs> and I yes. <laughs> So I knew, I, when I heard that in the Damn. song, I was like, what? Wait a minute. I've heard before. And I'm back and I was like, his line is his line is Yeah, I was like, oh yeah, that was Proswell. So yeah, so I I really enjoyed like that's the again, I'm learning the history, you know, learning where that's coming from. And that it's coming from a political standpoint. And, you know, even though ready or not may be may not be so political. They're still saying, like, this is where I'm coming from. Like, this is who I am. I am a Buffalo soldier. I'm a dreadlock roster. Like, this is who I am. So I, I really, I enjoyed listening to that. So kudos to Bob for that. Um, That's a good one. Yes. My second song, so we're going, like Dami saying, into love. You know, it's Valentine's weekend, weekday, whatever, however you celebrate it. If you don't celebrate it, that's cool, too. You still be in love with yourself and all that stuff. Period. Amen. Um, but a song that really got to me that I really like is Waiting in Vain. And this is from his 1977 Exodus album. This was written by Bob Marley and produced by him and the Whalers. Um, Bob is known to write, like, love songs. Like, I know Bob can write some political songs, but this man can write a love song. And, I mean, it's like, no wonder why he's had so many women. Like, he knows the worst worst to say. I mean, he is an Aquarius man. Like, he just knows what to say. Oh, wow. They're really good with their words. (laughs) Um, <laughs> they are. They are. No, that's as, as she looks. Facts. As she looks. <laughs> right. Um. So you know, I this song is like one that really gets my attention whenever I hear it because it just like it makes me feel like I should be on a beach in Jamaica, running to get a red stripe from some shack bar that they have on the beach. Like, I just love that. Like, I just feel like it's just playing in the background of my mind, like while I'm getting that red stripe or or on the radio somewhere. So. It just puts me back on like being on a beach, seeing the clear blue water mm-hmm. and just being very relaxed because it is a very relaxing song, even though it's kind of like sad of what it's about. But it's relaxing and melodic to me. So um, the song is rumored to be about Cindy Breakspear, um, mm-hmm. who is the mother of Junior Gong, a.k.a. Damian Marley. So this was um, a song where he's basically talking about like he doesn't want to wait in vain for their for her love. like. He wants to know, like, where are they going to go? Like, is this love that I have for you unrequited? Like, am I going to get some mm. reciprocation? And there's another Fuji, you know, Lauren Hill reference right there. Um, so I was like, yo, I, I really enjoyed listening to, even though it's, it's about, like, this love that you may not know if you're going to get it back. Um, it still just sounds so good. Like, he's <laughs> frustrated with their love. He doesn't know like whether or not it's going to work out, but he's like still going to be waiting for her. It doesn't matter how long. Is it three years? If it's through the summer, if it's through the winter, <laughs> he's still going to be there trying to see if she's going like, to give him what give him what he wants. Um, some of the lyrics is I want to know now for I took for I to knock some more. 
You see, in life, I know there's lots of grief, but your love is my relief. Tears in my eyes burn, tears in my eyes burn while I'm waiting, while I'm waiting for my turn. So he's like, I'm going to cry, but I still want to be with you. Um, And like, who doesn't doesn't want a man crying for them? Like, come on now. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Very true. Um, But yeah, that's Waiting in Vain. So I really like that song. My last song is my <laughs> ultimate song. It is the, I know it's it's a featured song, has a featured artist on it, but this song, it just really gets me there. And there is just like this very peaceful, lovely place in my heart, in my mind. This is Turn Your Lights Down Low featuring Lauren Hill. So this song was originally from his 1977 Exodus album, and it was written by Bob. Again, another love song that is just amazing. Uh, But in 1999, a remastered version with Lauryn Hill was released on the 1999 remix album called Chant Down Babylon, Mm -hmm. which featured artists like Erykah Badu, Crazy Mm -hmm. Bone, um, Mm -hmm. MC Light, The Roots, etc. There's like so many people. And I think her song actually was like a, a chart hit. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. But, hey, girl. You know, I know his, I, I don't even know if I've actually listened to the original. I just automatically go straight to this song because it just brings so, so like, such a happiness around to me, like, what, no matter what I'm doing. Um, and I'm happy that they actually recorded. Sometimes, you know, you hear your, your favorites getting recorded with somebody else and you're just like, oh. Why? Like, mm-hmm. why do we need this? We don't need Michael Jackson and Chris Brown together on a song. Like, we don't play for <laughs> so, Aaliyah and Drake. We don't need that. But this, I'm like, I'm so glad that they did this because this is this version. And this is no shade to Bob, but this is the version that I fell in love with from the moment that I heard it. And it yes. did receive a nomination for Best Pop Collaboration with uh, Vocals at the 43rd Grammy Awards. And honestly, this is just like a match made in reggae heaven. I mean, you got Bob Marley, who's singing. He sounds like he's literally in the booth with Lauren singing with her. Yes. You have her with her lovely voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, is Lauren actually Jamaican or is she Jamaican by association? By association. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's by association. Yeah. Okay. I live from East Orange. East Orange. No, I know she's from East Orange, but I was like, what's her hair? Do you know what I'm saying? Because she be. Yeah. Anyway. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, right. It's something right. about that, Mar- <laughs> that Marley touch. Yeah, it's something about that Marley touch. Yeah. But it sounds like, you know, she from there, like she with him. Um, but I just love yes. it because it's just such a sweet love song. Lauren is doing her thing vocally, as she always does. Um, but she's not only singing, she's rapping, of course. And Bob, he just sounds so good, you know, as he's put in the song as well. Um, I think it is just a very well-produced version of a remix. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, I think we did talk about remixes before as well. But, like, this is a remix that, like, I, it's, it's up there. It's definitely, like, a top yeah. top five remix for me. Um, I can't remember exactly how I stumbled upon this song. But it just, I don't know. I was, like... When I first heard it, I was like, wait a minute. When did Bob Marley and Lauren record a song? I was like, <laughs> nah, for real. my research. <laughs> <laughs> for real. Like, even, even possible. 
And then I was like, right. And I was like, I was like, did he do it for you? Like, oh, and then I was like, no. And then I found out, I was like, oh, they, okay, yes, technology. Uh-huh. Technology. Black, <laughs> black, black people in tech. Gotcha. Um, yes. So I, I, I just love this version. I highly recommend it. I mean, this will make you feel like, you know, you will want to be in love. Like, mm-hmm. he's so mellow and smooth on it. I think this is like one of his most mellow songs because a lot of them are kind of like, upbeat even like his love songs you know could this be love is an upbeat type of love song but this one is like they slow it down kind of like ama in that regard as well like i like it a little slow take your time let it mellow Mm -hmm. let it simmer Mm -hmm. and it's like yeah you know play this on a cool summer day Mm. or like a a warm spring day like this if you play this on one of these on any day Tell me that you don't want to fall in love or be wrapped yes. up in, their, in your Absolutely. lover's arms when you hear this song. Like, this song is amazing. Highly recommend it. Obviously, should go on the uh, Legendary Nights playlist as well. Um, so I, I just love it. Bob has done his thing. Like, like we said, he's been a superstar. You know, he came on, he came on this earth, struggled a bit, really put his work in, his time in, and, you know, made a a great impact not only in the music industry but politically as well um Mm -hmm. so all around great artists anything y'all want to add about bob it just makes sense that he's an aquarius king no no i get it (laughs) (laughs) i had to throw that in there that's why you relate to him so much camera probably right (laughs) you have something to say about your aquarian brother So it speaks to your heart, huh? Gotta say, it's uh, I don't, I don't know if I believe too much in the how important what month you were born in, but but I love Bob, I love him, and maybe, maybe <laughs> yeah, maybe it, uh, maybe yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of Aquarius I feel like I don't like though, but I'll, I'll be doing. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> I've I've just come to know that a few a few men that I've dated who are Aquarius men they are good very good with their words <laughs> I'm like mm-hmm. it's, it's a trait that I've seen is replicated a lot but yeah mm-hmm. I totally understand um, well we hope that you guys enjoyed this hook um, Bob Marley yes. we hope that y'all go see the movie I hope we're not know. closing out yet because there is one thing I wanted to say oh, oh you sound right. Ooh, I, 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 I did, did. I did ask. You asked. Uh-huh. Excuse me, brother. <laughs> I just want to say, I just want to say, Mad Music Podcast. Wow. Wow. You guys oh. are really doing it, killing it. Oh, it's we're not been yet. an honor and a pleasure to oh. like, watch this grow. Your guys' commitment, ambition is really inspiring. Um, all the work you guys are putting into this, it's really paying off. I can really see it. I mean, it's, it's really awesome. Um, and you really show like that, you know, people can, can do what they want, can chase their dreams. It's just really inspiring. And, you know, I'm just really, just really want to watch you guys be successful and I'm really honored to to be, be a part of it. Wow. Thank you, Cameron. That was very kind. That was very nice. We're going to put this in the documentary. Yes, yes, I yes. can't. I can't. Thank you. I need to open it. No, right, right. No, but I appreciate that. We appreciate that, babe. Thanks. And thanks for all your support. Oh, well, thank you, Cameron. We do appreciate you coming on the hook. Yes. Obviously, you're sticking around. You're going to give us the two cents on the the outro as well. But um, 
Yes. Yes. We hope that you guys enjoyed this hook. Let us know if there's anything you want us to talk about. Um, again, go see the movie. Uh, my girl, what's her thing? What's her name? She she was from James Bond. She's in the movie as well. She plays Rita Marley. Um, look, look, something Lynch is her last name. She was. Oh um, yeah. She was in the Woman King and she, the Woman King. Yeah. Oh yes. 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 Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. My girl. My girl. My girl. Yeah. Um, the agenda. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but yes everybody go see the movie shout out to Bob rest in peace sir I hope that wherever you are you're having a great time um, yes you know on to yes. the outro who's going first I can go I'll go All right. I'll go ahead go oh, Dom is going to give us the drop it's that freeze it's that it's that, right. it's that delay I just want to I want to give her Wi-Fi some time just in case just in case uh, oh baby <laughs> <laughs> all right y'all this is the drop i'm introducing any new music new albums that came out any new festival lineups um and the like so this is a new festival that literally just popped up on my instagram like <laughs> two hours ago and it's funny because looking at the lineup it seems very um impossible unbelievable <laughs> just like the lovers and friends festival Show. And it makes sense because it seems like it's being run by the same folks. So this is the Fools in Love Festival. This inaugural festival is set to take place on Saturday, August 31st at Hollywood Park grounds um, at the SoFi <laughs> Stadium in Inglewood, California. It, this is also a one-day festival like the Lovers of Friends Fest. Um, and will be headlined by R&B greats um, like Lionel Richie and Diana D. Roth. So they starting at 7 a.m. and they closing up by 4. <laughs> okay, basi- basically, okay. Though. Yeah. Okay, this, 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 this is for the baby crowd. boomers, the yeah. Gen Xs, like, they you know, this... 4 a.m. Reading right. Bible, yeah. All right. So in addition to the, the two headliners, we have... Other legends like Al Green, the OJs, Gladys mm-hmm. Knight, Smokey Robinson, Charlie Wilson. And when I say this lineup is jam-packed, it truly is jam-packed of our mm-hmm. great living legends. So I sent this to, the, to our group and I'm always like, do the performance about this? And it's so true because it seems like, mm-hmm. just like the Loves and Friends Fest, it seems like the artists don't know that they are on, <laughs> yeah. um, on this lineup and that they are, are scheduled to perform unless the check came through and once the Shut check up. does come through then they will confirm right um the so intern please, never confirmed never confirmed they, they just, just they pressed the mock up they had right. the mock up and they just mm-hmm. <laughs> and i think that's that's wow. their plan right they they put every artist name on the the lineup and then the fans will pressure them like oh my god you're gonna be there you're gonna be there and then now it's like damn like i'm like Shit, maybe, might maybe, well. that is it. maybe that's what they do but yeah that, that might be their technique so um, if you're interested or if your mamas are interested or your grandmamas are interested or your aunties, which I'm sure many probably would be, the pre-sale actually starts today on February oh, 16th. Yes. I know everything is coming out so quickly and it's like, I don't care about our wallets as usual, but, you know, it's cool. Um, I'm just worried about this because, again, this festival is obviously catered to our older folks, our baby mm-hmm. boomers and Gen Xs and you know, for a one-day festival, like, I don't know how this is going to work because, you know, many, many of our folks, family members, can't really walk, can't really yeah. be out in no heat like that. Right. Um, what day is so, it? What month? Uh, August mm. 31st. Yeah, August yeah. 31st. I hope so, they have cool-down stations. Right. Oh, First of all, I need to be inside, so. Hopefully got both TSA agents still pushing the wheelchair. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> So I hope they got the logistics of this uh, festival lined up. But, 
you know, I will watch from afar this year. And then if things go well, I don't know. I might check it out. Cause the lineup is, is pretty awesome. Yeah. I, I do have a question about the lineup. Mm-hmm. Baby Bash and Frankie J. Hey. They got to get some young folk. Yeah. They the only young folk on this whole list. Oh, and Duran, I guess. Frankie. I don't even think it's, is it that Duran? Mm-hmm. Duran Jones. It's a different Duran. Oh, I'll take it back. I was like, are you sure that's the Duran? I'll take it back. <laughs> Rich, retract, retract. Retract. Yeah, I'm I'm confused by that. But everybody else, yeah, that's that's gonna be fun. Yeah. If it happens, are you going? Oh. No. I look, I'm like Dami. I don't trust them. <laughs> Would you go? Huh? Would you go? If it was real, I would go. I need to see what they're going to do with this because that's a lot of people, like y'all said. So, okay. But, um, yeah. you know, it's like it's a festival. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm going to give it two years just to see what it's looking like. And hopefully they're streaming it too. And then I'll be like, oh, maybe I'll go. Maybe. Right. Yeah, speaking of a drop, though, did y'all listen to the Beyonce country songs? I did. Yeah. I did. 16 yeah. Characters. I love that song. <laughs> Loved it. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I wasn't mad at him. I, you know, I'm not a country, huge country fan, but if, if that's what she's going to be doing, then that's that's tolerable. Get like your hats and your boots with your spurs ready. Mm-hmm. I wasn't mad. Yeah, at y'all better y'all better reuse them hats. The right <laughs> hats. <laughs> the same hats from from last year. Shit. Uh, Maybe uh, doing the country albums and sort of be like now now what as far as like getting like the nominations and recognitions right especially considering I, that other lady i think she's reverse taylor swift in it she's yeah you know taylor taylor started off in country she's like i'm gonna I'm do every damn genre yeah i just mm. think she wants to do every genre that might be her thing now so i mean yeah. if anybody could mm. do it i guess it would be her um and A lot of ballads, who so. else who else is going to you know she she can swing fans to these different genres so mm-hmm. yeah 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 we'll see what I happens like, i like texas hold'em of course but yeah i want to i want to hear the the rest of it i guess yeah but as soon as i um her commercial came on into super bowl i was like let me see she dropped some music and me and maya were like is she going to drop an album <laughs> because she was like let me Dropped the music and I was like, let me double check this because mm-hmm. this is a little you. too close. So, yeah. So I was like, mm, she did. She did. She know how to drop a project. She yeah. just, it's just, that was, to me, that was like crazy. Yeah. Like the commercial itself was amazing because we don't really see her in commercials anymore. Right. Yeah. Let alone speaking in commercials. And She's what good. a way to introduce that, the second album, the second act. She's good acting. Um, as herself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Though she did well in the commercial, I enjoyed it. That's the only one I can actually really remember. To be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. All right. Thank you for that drop, Don. Maybe mm-hmm. just. Oh no, we slept on Saturday. We'll um write. Oh. Add some songs. I heard that. What you say? Uh, I heard Team Payne's like a country music ghostwriter. Oh. <laughs> So oh, maybe you know, I, uh, I can see that. I could believe that. Add some some songwriting. I could see it. They yeah. said Raphael Sadiq was a a part of the two songs, so I can see it. Listen, 
A lot of these people, they they don't say it out loud, but they're influenced by so many different genres as it is, especially Mm -hmm. like think of blues and all that, too. So, yeah, I can see it. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me close this on out, child. Let's see if my computer uh, will stop freezing. (laughs) Talk fast. fast. Don't laugh too much. All right. I don't have too much to say. So, since we were talking about Jamaica, right, I thought it would only be appropriate to talk about a little-known Rihanna song that samples a very popular song by Mad Cobra called Legs. Time to have sex. I mean, yeah, y'all should know that song. It wasn't It wasn't even until college that when I heard, um, was it Boom Bye Bye by Buju Bantan on Pandora, that I mm-hmm. realized that the song um, by Rihanna uses the same beat. So, the song is called Say It. Can't take them all. Now, um, one of my high school friends, she she was playing this song or whatever, because, again, it was a deep cut on Good Girl Gone Bad that came out in 2007. And I really wasn't. I really wasn't a deep cut kind of girl. So if I only heard songs <laughs> that weren't singles if somebody else was playing that shit. And she was kept playing this song over and over again. Um, and I was like, well, damn, this shit kind of catchy. Um, so it is, it's honestly, it's, it's a high school song. Like, I mean, I enjoy it now, but it's a high school crush kind of like, you know, like love. And we both like each other, but we're afraid to say it. And um if you say it, then I'll tell you, like, okay, we could be together kind of thing. Like, you know, real real kind of childish, like, whatever. But it's very catchy. The beat, immediately, you know that it's Mad Cobra. So, like, you love that. Um, and and I just, I don't know. I've always thought the song was cute. and But I don't really know if a lot of people know this song from her, from that album. So, of course, let me sing it real quick while I still have you. Maybe if you say it, say it, tell me what it is you like. Baby, baby, don't be shy. Then maybe you can spend the night. If you say it, but if you playing, because you know what I want to hear. Say it, that'll make it more clear. Clear, I need to know how you feel. So baby, won't you say it, say it. What I will say about this is that this is definitely a young Rihanna. And the vocals mm-hmm. are definitely very young. Not as mm-hmm. mature and developed as we got later on. But it was appropriate and it worked for the, for the time that this album came out. And I think it's very different from what you think of when you think of Good Girl Gone Bad. It's, it's a light song. It's a fun song, playful song. Uh, but I, I've always enjoyed it. I think it's cute. The beat is classic. Um, it makes you want to like do the little little body roll or whatever. But um, Say It by Rihanna. Yeah, that's my... Since we're talking about Jamaica, I was like, it's only appropriate that I talk about you know, a Jamaican artist. Uh, well, not not that Rihanna is Jamaican, but the sample is Jamaican. I'm gonna say, you know, I'm gonna say huh? better be careful. Don't, don't let them get you. We know, <laughs> we know she from from Barbados. We know, we know. But yeah, so that's this week's uh, slept on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely sound like a Tina Barber song from like when you were singing it. So yeah, it's, yeah. No, you're not. Stop lying. Good, good girl gone bad. Uh, yeah, good girl gone bad. Okay, stop lying. I didn't really. That wasn't really my. I mean, I album. like the sample so. I started listening to her, well, I guess, more on the, what's it, Talk? Talk, talk That, that talk. talk? Talk That Talk. Okay, yeah, Talk That Talk. That's the okay. album that really, I guess, solidified me as a Rihanna fan. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, again, I, you won't deep listen cut, to it, but it is, it is a cute song. I mean, I it have is. to because 
I do. Oh, well, yeah, you do. You're right. You're right. <laughs> so You're right. I do listen to all of your songs. I do too. I, I mean, I listen to <laughs> 15 minutes, snip, uh, 15 seconds snippet on Slept on Saturday. Wow. I actually do wow. listen to them. Um, I listen if it's, you know, if it's good, I'll go to it. You on like, Spotify. if you, you if it's like on Spotify, flex, don't you? you know? it, wait a minute. Of course it's on Spotify. I told you, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying I like the samples. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to check it out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm you a should, solo song to not be on Spotify. I'm a, you should test her. Test her next, next episode. Yeah. What's the second verse? Right. I know, I know. <laughs> don't go that far. Don't go that far. Did you say you was good? Right. Right. When does the sample come in? What point? What point? Right. 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 <laughs> mm. Oh, gosh. Well, y'all, we hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much, Cameron, for coming on yeah. and giving us history. You're yes. very, you like the research was there. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm like, we might have to have a new historian crown. You, my Ooh. God, like, oh, yeah. you really came through with the research. I, I really, I really appreciate it. I appreciate when somebody actually does their work. They, they know our format. They know how we do. I mean, I don't expect nothing less. Your wife yep. is almost. She did uh, remind me a couple times about the notes. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I know that. Mm-hmm. Hey, because I'm, I'm like, I want you to be prepared and have something I know to your say. wife. Yes. She said, you're not going to embarrass me on my platform. <laughs> no, you did good, Cameron. You did really good. Well, I want you yeah, to more than, more than the later. I'd love to come back. Okay. Oh, what, about what? What? What genre? What? What uh, topic? We gotta do the the grime. We gotta do the. Oh the, yes, you did say rap. grime. UK rap. Yes. Uh, All I know is um. Trust me, I don't even know his name. Storm, Storm, Stormzy. Stormzy. Love him. Yeah. Lil, Lil Sims. Or Cinnabon. Yeah. Mm, see. Yeah. Well, listen, I'm always interested in getting it, uh put on <laughs> new stuff, but your wife, I know. Why well, was I'm a silent? <laughs> That's a lie. She froze herself. Uh, <laughs> thank you, thank you though for coming on and talking to us and you know sharing sharing your love of Bob Marley. We really do appreciate that. That's all that we really you know. That's what we're about on the Mad Music Podcast: yeah. sharing the love of music yeah. and why we fall in love with these artists and what they have to say. So it's very very refreshing to see and hear that. And it, it, I think. I guess you're our second male perspective, but you really came with the, our first guy was a DJ, so he came with his different perspective. But yes, we appreciate you coming on. The, the first yes. lover, I will say. The first lover Ooh. on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We got to give you some titles. The first right. lover. The first lover. Lover. For Valentine's Day. For Valentine's Day. Exactly. Yeah. So, and happy Valentine's Day to you ladies. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody else out there. Hope everybody's going to have a safe one. Yes. Uh, have a good time. Um, you know, like you said, love yourself. And, you know, you can love everybody else. Um, follow us on all the things. Of course, we have a Twitter. We have an Instagram. Um, talk to us. Talk to us. See, like, are you going to go see the Bob Marley film? Let us know. What do you guys want us to talk about next? Um, even though we do have a lineup, but it's okay. We'll put it in there. Um, email Alma at the Mad Music Podcast Gmail. Um <laughs> All the good stuff. So we wish you guys have a good one. <laughs> Thank you so much and good night. Good, good night. night. Be safe. Bye. Bye. Bye.